When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Mallory, and this is my Swing Trading the Stock Market podcast. I'm here to teach you how to trade in a complex, ever-changing world of finance. Learn what it means to trade profitably and consistently, managing risk, avoiding the pitfalls of trading, and most importantly, to let those winners run wild. You can succeed at the stock market, and I'm ready to show you how. All right, everybody, part two of the anatomy of a good trade setup. You're listening to Swing Trading the Stock Market. Glad you are listening to me for yet another week, another episode that makes me feel special because it makes me realize that, hey, I I must be providing you with some good content at least, right? And if that's the case, I really recommend you go into the iTunes store or whatever platform that you listen to me on and and give me a good good rating. Give me a five-star, dadgummit. I think I'm I think I deserve that, right? I mean, these suckers do take a lot of time to put together and um, edit and, and everything else. I don't have like a team of people where I, I just do the recording and I ship it off and I say, hey, fix this and put it all up there. No, I'm actually, I actually do it all myself. So uh, even the graphics, even the graphics that you see that come through with the episodes, I do the graphics too. So yeah, give me give me a good score. I would, I'd really appreciate it. It, it helps create more exposure for the podcast episode and uh, more opportunities for it as well. So last week, we talked about the first part of this two-part series, The Anatomy of a Good Trade Setup. And I've, I've actually been thinking about doing this two-part series and then maybe even digging in at a, at a later time point and making eight separate episodes of all these points that I'm going through. Because obviously, you do four four points and you do it in one episode and you're trying to keep it to 15 minutes. You're not taken a lot of time to go through them in, in meticulous detail. But if you had a whole episode, you could definitely get down to more into the nitty gritty, right? So maybe maybe I'll do that at some point here. I'm not sure. Um, I almost thought about postponing this one until the following week, but I wanted to keep to my word because I wanted to talk more about the markets going on and how high can this market go and what, and what is that elevator down event that happens in the stock market and is this market getting too easy but we'll save that for probably for next week hopefully the market doesn't completely crash and make already and make it completely irrelevant but we'll see all right so part two but before we do that we have to get into part one and just rehash what it was that we already talked about the first one was you have to be willing to plan ahead number two expect to be wrong on your trade number three Number three is, why do you want to get into the trade? What is your edge? Number four, make sure there's no obvious pitfalls. We talked those in pretty significant detail. So if you want to go back and listen to part one, which I actually encourage you to do, definitely do that now. But assuming that you've already listened to the first part, let's jump into point number five. How will you manage the risk? Now, if you've been following me for any length of time, you know that I'm a big promoter of using stop losses. Stop losses should be used on every trade. You shouldn't be using 
mental stops. They should be hard stops because mental stops tend to create a slippery slope where you're like, okay, I know my mental stop just got hit, but let's see if it'll bounce back. Let's just see if it bounces back real quick. And if it does, then good. I won't have been stopped out. But if it doesn't, then I'll go ahead and get out. Well, if it doesn't, what does that mean? If it doesn't, where do you get out at if it doesn't if it doesn't work for you? Does that mean you wait to see another 1% drop or 2% drop before you get out? And then when you get that 2% drop, are you going to be like, oh, I should have gone out when it originally hit? So I'm just going to wait for it to go back up there. Then I'll get out. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't do it at all. And so then all of a sudden you're down 3 4 5% and you're thinking maybe I'll just double down and, and split the difference and get back uh, get back some of these losses. See, see how it, bad it can get? That's none of that is good. That is not how you manage the risk. You got to have hard stops. I don't see any way around. I was listening to a guy today on Instagram. He was doing a lot and he was talking about, I don't use, I don't use hard stops. I don't believe in using hard stops. You shouldn't use hard stops. I'm like, man, you crazy. You got to use stops. He's like, and he's like bragging about this. He says, yeah, I get down 10%, but I just waited out. And he's, he's advising other people how to trade. He's telling people, what they should be buying and selling and then tells them not to use stops. Dude, and, and what was even crazier is he was taking like an 18% hit today on Viacom and you could tell he was kind of bummed out about it. I would be too. But he held through earnings and like that can't happen. Dude, earnings is like the best pitfall in the world for you to take an 18, 20% loss and then he's telling people, oh, don't use it. It'll come back. You know, I I weathered through uh, Comcast when it had its sell-off and everything else. But dude, that's because we've been in one of the greatest expansionary periods of, of prosperity that this world has ever seen or that this country has ever seen, at least. You know, I know other countries have had their recessions in the meantime, but at least in the United States, the buy the dip has been a, a, a fail-safe trading system. But at one, some point, that's not going to be the case. And if you're what if it's tomorrow and then then your Viacom trade just goes to crap? That could happen, man. It could sell off another 30, 40, 50% and you're stuck there holding holding the bag. You got SPC right now and yeah, I made 76% on that earlier this week selling off the last portion of my trade. The first two was 5% and the other was 11 and something percent, 11 and a half percent. The last portion was 76%. So it was a great trade. But man, there's People buy. I got out at thirty three forty one. There's people buying this stuff at forty dollars a share. I can't tell you. These, a lot of these people are going to be instant bag holders because they don't know how to manage the risk on that kind of a trade. I'll be honest. A stock that's gone from like sixteen, seventeen dollars up to forty one dollars. I don't know if there really is a, a way to manage the risk when you're buying in at forty dollars a share. You may get lucky and it may go up to fifty, and you'll feel like a genius. Congrats! But guess what? You took on some stupid risk. I stayed in it till 33. Man, that sucker went all the way up to 39 before I got out at 33.41. I was playing with a wide bandwidth. But at that point, I was already 76% up on the stock. I had a lot of room to, to wiggle. I had already taken profits. I was working with a smaller position. But you got to know how you're going to manage the risk. In some trades, you can't manage the risk. Like, like for instance, if you're going to go short SPCE right now, right? Yeah, this thing's probably going to drop just like I just mentioned like seconds ago. But... There's nothing to say that that thing won't gap up 40% tomorrow. How are you going to manage the risk on that? You can't. You're just going to get destroyed. I don't think anybody wants to take a 40% loss overnight. So you have to ask yourself, point number five, how are you going to manage the risk? So after you figure out what's the risk that's involved, number six is where will you get in at? Entry's important and entry's hard. I tell you what. If there's one thing that that can frustrate the heck out of me is 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 a bad entry. And 
and we're all we're all prone to it but you have to map it out you have to ask yourself ahead of time where do i think the the right place is to get long on it and and when you do it right a lot of it won't keep you out of all bad trades but it will keep you out of a number of bad trades i've uh if i just buy it right at the market price just because i want to be in the stock you're setting yourself up to be in a bad trade but oftentimes when you say okay this is where it's an optimal place to get in at. Maybe it's a breakout. Maybe it's a pullback to a rising trend line. That's what you really want to go after there. Sometimes I'm getting in at a stock and it seems like I'm getting in right away as soon as I send out a trade alert. Well, I've been watching it for a long time and then I, I'm starting to see where it's breaking out and I'm ready to get in at it at that point because it is breaking out. So that's different besides, ah, I just want to get into it. you know. And, and you don't you don't want to do that. So where you get in at and where you think that it will go. This is part of number six too. Where do you think it will go? Is there is there a clear path to higher profits? If there's a lot of resistance levels overhead, if you're buying in at $100 and there's resistance at 102, 103, 104, 105 or something, then it's probably going to struggle to go anywhere real fast. So you may want to just go ahead and pass on that trade. But if it's got this huge gap that it hasn't been filled and it's breaking out into the gap, that you got an idea that it might want to fill that gap and it will it has a good chance of going higher, especially if the market's trending higher. But just as a general rule of thumb, at least like two for one what you think you're going to be risking on the trade versus what you think you can get out of the trade. So two for one, meaning like if you're buying at $100 a share and you're using a stop loss of $95, there needs to be a clear path to at least 110 you know, if it's a if it's a stop loss of ninety, then there needs to be a clear path to one hundred and twenty because then that's that, that that's why you don't want to use stop losses of like twenty and thirty percent because like let's say you think that okay I'm gonna get in at a hundred dollars and I'm gonna put my stop loss at eighty dollars. Well, then you need that stock to go to like hundred and forty, or if you put it at seventy, you need it to go to one hundred and sixty. Talking about major moves, yeah, it works with SPC, but it doesn't work with most trades. Number seven. Capital allocation. How are you going to allocate your capital on the trade? So this is another thing that I think is pretty important. I'll I'll see people that, oh, I got a good feeling about this stock. I'm going to put 20% of my money down on it. you know. And then they say, oh, I don't like that stock too much, but I'll get into it just in case there's something more to it. I'll put 5% of my capital to it. That kind of describes, there's got to be a reason for that. You know, like if you think that it's a higher risk trade and therefore higher risk trades get a smaller allocation than lower risk trades, like, basically like taking on like SPCE versus HD. Okay, that's good. There's a system. There's a method to that. For me personally, I like to have the same amount of capital on every one of my trades. I spread it. I spread it out for the most part. You know, I can have 20 trades in my portfolio at once, you know, and sometimes it can be even more considering how many like partial profits have been taken on some of my existing trades. So like, let's say for instance, like if I have 20 positions and I've taken half profits on all of them, well, then it's really only like I've had I've got 10 positions in my portfolio, so maybe I can go a little bit higher and add more positions to the portfolio at that point. But starting off, I like to go you know, full positions in all my trades. I'm not saying that that's the right way to go for it with, with your trading or that it, that's the way it has to be. I've been a little bit more dogmatic about that in the past, and I've, I've warmed up to the idea that, okay, you know, maybe for different risk tolerances, like some people may not be comfortable trading at SPCE or a GBTC or... Um, I don't know, some of these other ones. Tesla, it's got a lot more risk to it, right? So your risk allocation may be smaller to a trade that on a scale of one to five uh, in terms of uh, of risk, risk being five, a highest highest risk being five. And I actually do this in the trading block. I, I score all of my trades setups. I, tr- I score them on a scale of one to five. 
you maybe say, okay, I want to put a lower allocation to a, a level five versus a level one. I get that. That, that that's totally totally understandable. But doing it based off of instinct or gut, it's like, oh, I I really have some hopes that I can score big, and that's usually why people get disproportionate on their trades. They're like, I'm going to make a lot of money, and usually it's they're doing that with the highest. Uh, risk rating stocks out there they'll do like oh, i'm gonna put 40 percent on on tesla at a thousand dollars or 969 wherever it, it peaked out last time um i'm gonna i'm gonna go 40 percent of my capital on it and then they're down 20 percent but they had this gut feeling that you know they could score it big or they'll do it with like vix like tvx or tvix tvix and uvxy those by the way don't ever trade those for pete's sakes if you do one thing in trading don't ever trade the volatility products, man. There, that is a graveyard of capital that has been poured into those things. Just don't do it. I can't hammer it enough. How important it is not to trade those volatility uh, ETFs? They are so bad. Things like TVIX and UVXY, they're leveraged. Oh my gosh, guys, stay away from those things permanently. I won't. I don't even pull it up unless I'm just doing it just to, for kicks and giggles to show you <laughs> how many uh, reverse splits they've had to do over the years just so that it's not trading at micro pennies. Micro pennies even a thing? I don't know, but you get what I'm talking about, right? Capital allocation. I think we've covered that enough for, for this podcast. The next one, the last one, duplicating your trades. Duplicating your trades, meaning like being good at trade setups that you can do over and over and over again. I'm good at breakouts. I'm good at pullbacks to to rising trend lines or off of support levels. I have a wheelhouse of trades that I'm pretty good at. And I think that's the other thing, too, is like getting good at duplicating the same kind of setups over and over again. Yes, you're not going to be profitable in all of them, but you should have a history of being the majority of the time being successful in them and having a track record of, of being able to duplicate winning trades over and over and over again. Again, I know you're going to have losing trades, but on the whole, to be able to show that that you manage the risk, that you that you manage the profits, that you manage the entire trade from from cradle to grave, taking profits along the way, being good at specific trade setups, whether it's a bounce play, whether it's breakouts, anything. But you're good at what you're doing. And that's going to be it for this podcast. Again, I, I'm, I'm, I'm weighing the ideas and you can give me some feedback in the comment section or just send me an email. But I really do appreciate your emails too. Um, let me know what you think. You know, do, do, do you want a full series on all eight parts of what we just talked about? And I'll go ahead and review it again. All eight parts. The anatomy of a good trade setup. And this isn't the end-all, be-all list, but I think these are eight very important things that come comes along with trading. One, you have to be willing to plan ahead. Two, you expect to be wrong on your trade. I know that's counterintuitive, but I always, like I said in the last podcast, I'm always expecting to be wrong. And I just think I'm lucky when I'm right. I don't know. I guess I'm lucky a lot. Three, number three, why do you want to get into the trade and what's your edge going to be on that trade number four make sure there's no obvious pitfalls five how are you going to manage the risk number six where are you going to get in at and where do you think it'll go to is there a clear path forward on the trade is there, or is there just tons of resistance and traps along the way
Number seven, capital allocation. That's pretty important, right? And eight, be good at being able to duplicate your trading success, you know, over and over again on trades after trades after trades. And that's it. That's the anatomy of a good trade setup. If you have any questions, always feel free to hit me up. Appreciate you listening to me and God bless you. Thanks for listening to my podcast, Swing Trading the Stock Market. I'd like to encourage you to join me in the SharePointer Trading Block, where I navigate the stock market each day with traders from around the world. With your membership, you will get a seven-day trial and access to my trading room, including alerts via text, email, and WhatsApp. So go ahead, sign up by going to SharePointer.com slash trading block. That's www.SharePointer.com slash trading block. And follow me on SharePlanner's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where I provide unique market and trading information every day. If you have any questions, please feel free to email me at brian at All the best to you, and I look forward to trading with you soon. 